great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, it's a must win against the Arizona Cardinals this upcoming week, week six. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. Do you think it's a must win? Absolutely. Yeah. I Six mean, and a half point favorites at home, a second straight game at home in a, in a game where you're probably going to have a ton of Rams fans, hopefully upwards of 90, 95% in the building. I absolutely must win. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I I wouldn't be ready to count them out at two and four because I think the schedule does ease up and Arizona has shown some like weird sparks of life and like are not a bad team and are not tanking like we had previously thought. Um, I mean, it depends on how the game goes, but I wouldn't write them off yet. But it does. I like that spread is huge. Yeah. Seven. Like it's gotten to seven from what I saw. And I'm just like, like Arizona has been scrappy with every single team they played. That feels really high. Yeah, you look back at the weeks, it goes Dallas, Niners, Bengals, Rams in four consecutive weeks. So the Arizona Cardinals have had a really tough stretch, but they're playing solid football. And we're going to get into that within this episode. But first, I want to make sure that we're passing along the news with Bruce Hall, the Bruce Hall in Torrance in Hermosa Beach. Make sure that you guys are mentioning Rams Brothers when you get over to to the Bruce Hall, uh, it's time. It's officially time. It's our favorite all-time sports. It's one of our favorite all-time spots to watch the games. It's the Bruce Hall. This is a brewery and a food hall with wall-to-wall large screen TVs and the best staff ever. Plus the brew, and they brew and serve Colin Cowherd's The Herd beer line. So they have a hazy IPA and a Pilsner, which is perfect for the game day brew. Plus their food is absolutely incredible. Um, they have that spicy chicken sandwich, Nick, that you were talking about the last episode. It's incredible. The Poke Bowl. It has two locations, one in Torrance and one in Hermosa Beach. And we couldn't recommend this spot enough. So make sure when you guys go, uh, complimentary rally fries will be included if you mention Rams Brothers. Like, how cool is that? And if you want to learn more, go to go to the Instagram uh, at Bruce Hall and visit them online, uh, thebruisehall.com. Get your rally fries. All you have to say is Rams Brothers sent me, and you get a free order of fries included with your purchase. So I think you guys need to go over and check it out. At least get yeah. some fries while you're watching your Rams kick some ass. Dr. Steve Rule, check it out. Um, yeah, I do think it will be a win. I'm, gonna, I'm, I, I'm not going to nick guarantee a win, but I am going to – Highly suggest to take the money line. I love it. So this this team, this Arizona Cardinals team, I want to start off by saying the Bears, the Panthers, the Patriots, the Giants, the Broncos, the Commanders, and maybe Vegas are all worse teams than the Arizona Cardinals. Would you agree um, or disagree? Anybody on I, that list that you would disagree with? I would add, oh, no, you put the Broncos in there. I was going to say, I, I'm like, I'm waiting to scream Denver because they look like <laughs> the worst team in the world. Um, 
But yeah, you said them. I think the Cardinals are better than all of the teams you listed. Every single yeah. one. I think so too. I mean, it's so we talked about their one and four, but they have to had they had to play Dallas, San Francisco, Cincy, and us in four consecutive weeks. So they were down twenty-four to fourteen in the third quarter against the Cincinnati Bengals after throwing a Josh Dobbs through a pick six right before the half, and then a seventy-five yard bomb to Jamar Chase. Game felt entirely over as of watching the highlights. And when you go back and, and look at what the Cardinals did, they marched down the field, they scored a touchdown with a rookie running back, and then the following drive, they picked off Joe Burrow. Um, and then the week prior against the San Francisco 49ers, it was a 21-16 game at the end of the third quarter when Hafanga stopped James Conner on a two-point conversion, which would have made the game 21-18, to and then Dobbs ended up taking a big sack and I think threw an interception later on in that game. But, you know, San Francisco marched down the field, but within three quarters – um, I feel like they're a really solid team and they've showed that over three consecutive weeks. And Josh Dobbs is a quarterback, like he'll throw an interception or two. He's a fairly accurate player. He could extend drives with his legs and he's a likable guy. But for the most part, um, they haven't put together a full game. Um, and it's most likely because the opposing teams have played keep away later on in the game have been able to extend drives. And the defense holistically is a bottom 10 defense altogether. So that's where I feel like there are going to be some advantages in this game. Yeah. My worry is, though, that they play three quarters well, and then they struggle in one of those three. We play two quarters well. Yeah. And struggle with two. So this is a real – there's a real chance here that the Rams lose this game if they're sloppy because they will punish you. They will score. They will pick you off. Um, they will get the sacks because they're, you know, they're credit to Jonathan Gannon. He's put together a, a well-coached team that is legitimately fighting, and they're not like here to say, "Oh no, we're we're going for Caleb Caleb Williams." They're saying, "No, we want to win games right now, and we believe we have the talent in the building to do so." And then, you know, I mean, giving up all those points to the Giants in the fourth quarter, week two. It did feel like that was intentional because the – I mean, even when it was happening, I was like, yeah, but it's the Cardinals. Like, they don't want to win. Um, but then they go out and they beat Dallas the following week. So they're kind of confusing. But, you know, you, you have to be able to finish, and they haven't really been able to, like, put a stomp like or, or a stamp on these games. Like, yes, this is a Cardinals win. It's more like, oh, look, the Cardinals are in this game. Except and for the Dallas play. game. Yeah, yeah I think right. it, except for the Dallas game where Josh Dobbs is nearly perfect. Um, I think that there's a lot of conversation that you can have around the offseason coaching methods, right? I mean, like the Jonathan Gannon, shoom, shoom, coming into the building, having conversations with players and rubbing everybody the wrong way. And then going off into the season and having a legitimate roster where you could put together three quarters, four quarters in a game and then, you know, hopefully upset some teams. I think what the Cardinals are doing is really interesting. Everybody considered them to be the worst team in the league, but they've scored four less points in the Rams so far this season. So Jonathan Gannon, not a bad coach. Um, I think that they're once they, you know, you get Kyler Murray back, you get Josh Dobbs back, James Connors hurt, Buda Baker's hurt. There's some things that they're missing right now, but guys like Ameri DiMercato, their backup running back, kid from Inglewood, Pretty impressed just what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks. He's going to be starting in absence of James Conner. I think he's plenty serviceable as a back. And Josh Dobbs, is, Dobbs has been talking about their desire to run the ball more frequently to the media this week. He averaged 4.5 yards per carry last week on 10 carries and then scored that big touchdown in the second half that I was talking about to narrow the deficit against the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is their strength. 
It's 143 rushing yards per game on average. That's going to drop off a tad with James Conner out of the lineup. But regardless, they're the fifth best rushing team in the league so far without Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's just so weird to me that all the reports are coming out, uh, which I wouldn't buy, that are like, yeah, we don't think Kyler Murray is going to be on this team next year or whatever. Because this team looked like if I'm him and I'm watching these games, if you add Kyler Murray and subtract Dobbs and nothing against Dobbs, but you probably have a winning record right now with this team because yeah. they're, they're they're playing smart football. They would at least be two and three. away from the run. Yeah. I think they would at least be two and three in those kind of situations, right? You'd at least get another win. Um, but I, I like their primary pass catchers are solid players. So you got Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson from Stanford, who was drafted in the third round and played really well against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and then Rondell Moore and Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz is, yeah, he's healthy. He's catching passes again. Right here's Hollywood. Here's James Conner. They're healthy. They're catching passes again. Um, I, you know, they like to get Hollywood Brown the ball in space. They like to have him catch the ball in space, whether it's a screen pass, something underneath, just to be able to get him rolling. But they also take deep shots with him. And Michael Wilson is more of an all-around player, um, is more of a high-volume target catcher. So, And I, then you got Ron, Rondell Moore. Um, and Zach Ertz, for as healthy as he is right now, and he's catching touchdowns again, He's not going to be as big of a factor as Dallas Goddard was against the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, so, we can only pray. Yeah, you can only pray. But Josh Dobbs, so far, 6.3 yards per attempt, not a ton of passing yards. He was awfully efficient against Dallas. I think it was like 18 of 21 for 200 and something yards. And then in San Francisco, um, in weeks three and four, like I think to me, Josh Dobbs is the perfect backup quarterback. I mean, he reminds me so much of Geno Smith to the likability and talent uh, perspective. Like, I feel like some of his tendencies in the short intermediate areas are going to allow for the Rams defense to cheat a little bit. And you desperately need some big contributions from Darion Kendrick and Kobe Durant in this game. Because names that have been called for all of the wrong reasons, Kobe Durant is, is falling in terms of the rankings for PFF in terms of um, overall uh, cornerbacks. Maybe it's him playing a little bit out of position in the star and having to fill the need for the Jalen Ramsey vacancy. But I think regardless, it's going to be another big game for the secondary. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be another test because if you have Josh Jobs coming into your house and he throws, you know, for like 200 yards and is like 36 for 45 um, <laughs> with like, you know, a win, then there's some real problems that apparently won't be addressed in the trading block this year, but need to be addressed one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it comes to their offensive line, I, I you plug in Josh Dobbs and you subtract Kyler Murray. How much better do you think the offensive line feels now that every play isn't a Cliff Kingsbury play call, busted play, Kyler Murray makes something happen with your legs. Like yeah. you're, you're just dedicated to pass blocking and run blocking because Josh Dobbs will sit back in the pocket and he'll throw in two and a half seconds. So completely mm -hmm. different methodology. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought that Arizona had a good offensive line. I feel like even with Kyler being one of those, like, escapable guys, it did yeah. feel like we were getting home to him fairly often. So, I mean, I it almost works better for, for what they have in talent that they have Josh Jobs that's just going to quickly get the ball out there. Because yeah, you, we, 
you want somebody who's a game manager, right? I, I feel like having an offensive line that's been shaky on paper, you can get rid of the ball in a couple of seconds. You don't have to pass for a ton of yards. If you look at passing yards, Josh Dobbs is towards the bottom, you know, in the Jimmy Garoppolo category. But you just want to be as efficient as you possibly can in your attempts. And he's doing a little bit of that. But I think that um, like Paris Johnson starting at right tackle, he's arguably one of the best tackles in the draft and one of the players that we like the most. He's now starting on the right side for the Arizona Cardinals. So you get a little bit of rookie on rookie action with Byron Young and Paris Johnson. So that's going to be a matchup we want to watch. But they're in it, their interior is extraordinarily inexperienced. Uh, Aaron Donalds ha- has 16 sacks in 18 games against the Cardinals. Countless pressures. Elijah Wilkinson is the player to watch. He's the left guard for the Arizona Cardinals. He currently ranks 75th out of 78 qualifying guards in the NFL. Aaron Donald, I think, is going to have a field day with that player. And you're coming yeah. off of a week where you had to go against Jason Kelsey and some of the strong interior players that the Eagles have and then being passed off to Mylotta and Lane Johnson. Like, this is an opportunity for Aaron Donald to get back on track, be able to get to the quarterback a couple of times, generate a ton of pressure, and win at the line of scrimmage. Right. And, I, you know, just every time I think of, like, famous Aaron Donald sacks, I think of the one in the – uh, it was the Super Bowl year 2021 against Arizona, game-ending second time in Arizona where he sacks them and then he just does the uh, – he does like the <laughs> bye-bye. Like, bye-bye, everybody. Like, that's it. I'm done. I ended the game. So he, uh, there, is the, there was that play I remembered really well and then also the 100th sack. I think he had against Kyler Murray his 100th sack total where he just barely got him. He was like chasing him down in the backfield, got him by the cleat. And tripped him up for his 100th sack. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. Great. So I mean, this is the this is the game where Aaron Donald plays really well. He sacks the quarterback a couple of times. He generates a ton of pressure. I have a ton of confidence, and then I have confidence in the some of the depth in our interior offensive line. You know, I expect Kobe Turner to get home a couple of times. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm going to have my eyes on Michael Hoyt. Um, hopefully, he's able to play a little bit better than he did before. You don't want to see him trailing Zach Ertz the way he did Dallas Goddard on defense. So we shall see what we're going to get. Um, and then if you switch over to the defensive side of the ball, this is the player. Not going to be on the field in this game. Buda Baker is on the last week of his IR designation. He's on week four of his IR designation for a hamstring injury. So him and Cooper Cup, very similar injuries. Having him and James Conner out is something that we truly needed to go our way. Which is probably why the, the line is so high. It's exactly right. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, missing- I'm, I'm like scratching my head. I'm like, before knowing like these injuries, I'm like, why is it like it should not be seven? This is going to be a much tougher game later on in the season. I would guarantee that. And I wouldn't bet that the spread is going to be as high as it is, as six and a half points later on. Um it's it's pretty interesting what they're doing with this defense. And Nick, you talked about um, you talked about. I was going to say James Conner, um, but the coach. What's the name of the coach? Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. 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 Um, Gannon. What he's doing with the Eagles, or what he did with the Eagles, with Kayvon Wallace coming from there. Now he's playing back end. He's playing safety for this team. Um, Jonathan Gannon coached him. They drafted him, brought him over, and they did the same thing with Kazir White, who's playing in the middle. He's playing really well in the middle. I think their weakness is their opposite side linebacker, Josh Woods, currently ranked 
the last linebacker in the league per PFFs coming off of a pretty tough ankle injury. But that's a mismatch that you want to be able to constantly expose with Cooper Cup, with Pukunakua, whomever is in the slot. If that guy is covering anyone, you're attacking that player. It's That's 10, 15 targets right there um, on Josh Woods. And I, I, I think that that's fully justified. It's a player that's a little banged up. You're going opposite of a player who's playing really well in the middle. Um, and I think that they're just missing a couple of pieces to be closer to a 500 team at this very moment. So it gives us the advantage in a couple of categories. Who is wide receiver for now that we've gotten rid of Van Jefferson? Who's next on the depth chart? Do you know? Demarcus Robinson. Hmm. Has because Ben Skoranek is dealing with an Achilles injury. So he's oh. been a... Not he's not out with an Achilles injury, but he's got a sore. He's got a sore Achilles. Higby dealt with something a little bit earlier on this year that was similar, so they've been limiting him in practice. But I think in terms of the depth chart, who's going to fill in for Van Jefferson? It would be Demarcus Robinson ten times out of ten. Okay, dang. All right. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of like, you know, worst case scenario if somebody goes down. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I've been saying it all year. The Rams are like a house of cards, and if you pull one out, the depth starts to get really thin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you can go like you can go Demarcus at the X. You can go two two out well at the F, right? And then you can go Cooper Cup, whoever whomever else in the in, or I'm sorry, you can go go two two in the Z, and you can go Demarcus in the X, and then Cooper Cup and Puganakua can rotate in the flanker position in the slot. So I have a ton of confidence that that can happen. Um, they have the depth, but I, like you mentioned, it's a house of cards. If something falls, Cooper Cup goes down, you're going to have to revert back to the same kind of offense that you had. But I think that they're thinking the drop-off between Van Jefferson and Demarcus Robinson is so it's little. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can still run your offense coherently without Van Jefferson. So. I just hope Demarcus is one of those guys that can kind of like take the top off, but I guess that they think uh, Tutu it's can two be two. that now. Yeah, yeah. it's Tutu. But they both can serve a similar purpose, right, on any of these route concepts because Van Jefferson playing the outside and being able to take a corner and a safety with them to be able to isolate another player in the middle of the field, like you want to be able to be enough of a threat so that you can drag that other safety with you when you're 20, 30 yards downfield, I think they thought that they got to the point where Van Jefferson isn't enough of a threat and we're not able to clear out safeties consistently enough and clear out defenders for our other receivers. So even if we're using him as a decoy, it's not working as well as it should. And even when we're targeting him, he's not catching passes. So right. it's like, let's just try to figure out another option. I liked Van Jefferson as a player. Um, obviously that first play in 2021 where we scored that touchdown felt like a whole new world. <laughs> like a brand new era of Rams football. Um, but he played here for three and a half years, very similar to Cam Akers. They weren't going to re-sign him. We talked about this in the offseason. I mean, Jordan Fuller maybe has the only chance from that draft class to get re-signed. And the Rams never signed safeties. So yeah, I wouldn't expect. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about defense right now, but just one more little piece of that. We everybody's talking about how bad that 2020 draft class was. A lot of them were contributing factors to the Super Bowl season. That's, that's what they and, were supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Like they were quick. They came in and out. They got their rings. Van Jefferson, uh, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson all had key plays in the Super Bowl. So, you know, regardless of where they are now, they helped us in our legacy as as Rams fans. So thank you that was to the all point. of them. How yeah. many times did Les Sneed talk about supplemental talent? 
he was like, okay, we're going to have our 1A players. We're going to have Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey. And then we're going to have supplemental players that will help complement the stars, that will help fill out the remainder of the roster, that will allow for us to be top heavy with the salary cap. Um, and they were all those type of players. They were all on a rookie deal. And when you're not able to play above and beyond your rookie deal, you don't earn a second contract with the Rams. You go to Atlanta, you go to Carolina, you go to the Vikings, and you try and figure out a second life in the NFL. So, yeah, uh, yeah we didn't even get a chance to talk about the Van Jefferson trade, but I, it just it doesn't feel like so we're, kind of, we're kind of talking about it right now. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, the, the Arizona Cardinals are allowing 250 passing yards per game, seventh most, um, and have allowed eight passing touchdowns. So to me, it's it's Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, 100 yard each again. Like they I'm came not, close last week, and that was against the Eagles. So <laughs> there's a really, like, yeah, I, it's probably a really great prop to get both of them in the end zone. That's why I'm not I'm just not thinking about Van Jefferson, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, when Puka, like, it seemed that they believed um, Van was above the level of Demarcus at least until um, they got cut back. And then yeah. it was clear and obvious by that point that one and two were two, two and Puka, and Koopa is going to take that one spot. So that moves everybody down a peg. And then, you know, it kind of leaves Van Jefferson out. But, you know, he, he got traded. He, he some, where is he? Atlanta, right? He went to Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, honestly, good fit for Atlanta. I think I think he could be really good there. But I'm just afraid yeah. that they're never going to be able to get their pass catchers the ball. I watch highlights of Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan Robinson every week, and then I see this little Desmond Ritter distributing yeah. the football. I know. Like a, he, is, he is horrendous, but credit to Arthur Smith. He, he yeah. gets what he needs out of him, just like he did with Tannehill. Yeah, yeah, I, I give him credit. I give Arthur Smith credit. They're putting together a decent team. They're consistently tough every week. They were tough last year when we played against him. It was like Arthur Smith is third or fourth week as a professional head coach. So, yeah, oh, credit. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it works out for them. Um, yeah. So we talked about the Cardinals' defense. So they're allowing 125 rushing yards per game. It's 375 yards of total offense, 15 touchdowns. It's tied for third most behind the Bears and the Giants. So I don't want to see 10 carries for 50 yards. I think the expectation is 35 minutes of offense, 35 minutes of possession, 250 passing yards, 150 rushing yards, or 125 rushing yards. I want to see balance. I want to see them moving away from being one-dimensional. If they fall from behind, freaking run the ball. Yeah, You're yeah. allowed I mean, to run the ball when you're behind. If you're down three points, you're down seven points. Do not fall into this one-dimensional world where you're just going to rely on Matthew Stafford throwing the ball 55 times. I think if you panic from being down um, against this you're, team, you're going to lose because yeah. it's going to be a high scoring game. They're going to get in the end zone. It, they have every single game that they played multiple times, regardless of if they won or lost. So if you start to get in your head and panic and, you know, only run the ball, what, like 9% of the time when, when you're down seven or more, you're, you're going to lose the game 100%. Yeah. And hey, I, I just watched the Cardinals play against the Bengals and they were down 10 points and yeah. they had a possession after an interception. And what did they do? They ran the ball down the field. They, yeah. they scored a touchdown with a rookie running back. I mean, that's, there's no fear. And I think that you take out some of the complexities of being a six, seven year head coach, the way that you want to consistently change your offense. You want to have a new identity every single season, the way that Sean McVay has tried to Jonathan Gannon is very simply saying, let's call a balanced offense. Let's yeah. run the ball and pass the ball the same amount of times 
and try to be able to outpossess the team and score more points. And they did that exactly against Dallas. Um, so, you know, there is that little fear that's creeping in. It's a one and four team versus a two and three team. So it's a little yeah, bit of fear. I mean, to be three and three right now, and then you have another home game next week against Pittsburgh, who is going to be a challenge because they're going to be right where we are. Um, and then hopefully get that win. I'm looking ahead, but there's a real opportunity to be in the win column finally this this season. And it starts this week. And the more I think about it, the more it does feel like a must win. Yeah. Yep. And I think that the last thing I want to call out about, about this Cardinals defense is Garrett Wilson or Garrett Williams, rather. Um, a really, really young player, a ton of talent. They got him in the third round of this draft. He's finally off of the IR designation. So if he gets a start, you might see him opposite of Marco Wilson. You might see him opposite of, I think, what's the name of the other player that they have? Um, it's Antonio something, their other outside linebacker, um, or their other outside corner, Antonio Hamilton. So you'll see him either opposite of Antonio Hamilton or Marco Wilson. Really good, solid young player. I don't think he's going to be quite up to speed for this game, but I like I talked about, you get Buda Baker back, you get James Conner back, you get Garrett Williams back, and this identity, this team looks brand new, and potentially Kyler Murray for the next time you play the Arizona Cardinals. So take advantage of this game, rack up a win, rack up a ton of total yards, and feel better about yourself going into the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Yeah, and this is a real opportunity to be able to do that, to look like the team that beat Seattle. And, yeah. it, it, you know, you're not playing a team that was just in the conference championship, who represented the Super Bowl, who was in the AFC championship. Like, this is this is the one, this is the circle, this is the stomp on them and make them look small. Because we always have. In the Sean McVay era, we've lost to Arizona maybe once. I think Sean is 11-2 and two against the Cardinals, something like that. Some ridiculously yeah, sounds, solid record. That sounds correct. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I have a ton of confidence in them to be able to win this game, but I, I don't think that fans around the league are giving this Cardinals team enough credit. They would have to probably do what they did to Dallas, also to San Francisco, or also to Cincinnati to get the kind of credit that they deserve. But considering how difficult the schedule is for them, could you imagine how much we would be complaining if we got Dallas – the Niners, the Bengals, and the Rams on our schedule in four consecutive weeks as a one-and-four football team? Yeah, I mean, we kind of did. We got the Bengals, Eagles, and Niners. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost as difficult. But then it's capped off at the Cardinals and then the Steelers, and hopefully the schedule opens up a little bit. So Yeah, and then, and then eventually we, we get to play the Packers, who look also really bad in, do we get, right in that ballpark of the Cardinals. Do we get them in prime time? I hope so. I think it might be it. Thursday night. No, 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 because we already had a Thursday night. It, it's probably Sunday night. Jordan Love doesn't look like he could play in prime time. Jordan Love doesn't look like he can play football, right? <laughs> I, 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 would, I would be more confident throwing you out there. <laughs> well, that's, you know, not saying much. Got a, got a rifle on attached, to my, attached to the body. Um, all right. I think I'm ready for some next picks. Everybody's really? favorite time of the week. You ready? Show it. Show it. Show the thing. Show the thing. Show the thing. Hold on. Oh no! What are we doing, editor? We gotta. We gotta fire this producer. <laughs> Nick's picks is here. Are we ready for the theme song, or do you want to break into it oh, first? Hold on. Hold on. Hello, friends, lovers, and haters, and welcome to week six of Nick's picks. We have done it. We've assimilated with the greatest gambling segment ever. Nick's Picks is now somewhat affiliated 
with Colin Cowherd's Blazing Five. Thanks to the great <laughs> Cowherd Pilsner and Rally Fries at Bruce Hall. The inspiration for this segment is now somehow partially sponsoring the segment. What a world. And Dean, what do they say? They say, welcome to Nick's Picks. Welcome, everyone. It's going to be a good week. Let's hit, let's hit, let's, let's listen to that theme song. Woke up this morning, watch the Rams lose. Your brother always said you'd be a gambling goose. He said you're one in a million. You got that Rams in your blood. So you were born a Rams fan with the blue jersey on your bod. When you woke up this time, the Rams actually won. Number one. Papa always said they would eventually win it all. So now you're, you're looking good, baby. I believe you're feeling fine. No shame about it. Born as a Rams fan with the blue jersey on your bod. Sing it now. Woke up this morning with the blue jersey. With the blue jersey on your bod. Woke up this legit. morning. <laughs> that was, first off, the longest. Next pick theme song. <laughs> the second sounded like it, it took some time, but talent, talent is oozing out of that record. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The producers had to step it up after fumbling last week. So credit to where credit is due. Um, 100% my fault. No, 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 no. I, I, I respect you taking taking blame for the producers, the unnamed <laughs> producers, but they are they are to blame and they will they will hear about it. So last week was rough. We did advise everybody half units. However, so I hope you listened. This week, though, we're swinging big, and we're going. We're, we're back to full units, and we're starting off with Commanders at Falcons. Commies trying to take down the incongruent Falcons. Both teams don't really make sense. The Commies almost taking down the Eagles and losing to the Bears. Then the Falcons beating the hot Texans, but Ritter still looking horrible. Arthur Smith, like I talked about earlier, he's a smart guy. He only asked so much from Desmond, which is just a kind of a funny name. I don't know any Desmonds. Whereas all the commanders are asking how to do is essentially be Mahomes. That's it. Um, but I, I like the high risk, high reward factor there with Howell. Falcons are built like a glass house. They're shiny, but I'm not going to trust anybody on their offense. And you can throw rocks at them all day besides Bijan. And still one running back I don't think is going to be enough to compete with a potentially explosive commander's team. It's a coin flip with them. It's it, it, it's a Jekyll and Hyde commander show, but it's a coin flip with some points on one side. So I'm going to take commanders plus three. The line right now is plus two and a half. I'm going to buy that extra half point. Uh, and I'm just not buying Ritter being a hunk at home narrative. I know it's all anybody wants, wants to talk about, but you can't only be a hunk at one gym. You have to be able to lift the same weights everywhere. That's a good point. I don't know which way I'm going with this game. I think the Commanders could cover the spread. I like the Falcons at home. I'm very, very in between. So I'm going to have to rely on Nick's picks here. Okay, good. Go good. Listen to me. Um, Seahawks at Bengals. Joe Burrow is back? Question mark? I mean, he was 36 for 46 with three touchdowns, all of them going to Jamar Chase. Cardinals D getting teared up through the air. And the Bengals have life. I mean, it seemed like they're um, – it, it's like a pattern. Um, every year there's a team that we want to count out early, and it's like, okay, they they look bad, they look good last year. We all do it. 
And surprise, surprise, here we are. And the Bengals are now back in it. And they're five to one to win their division right now. I mean, that's absolutely worth taking right now. Hmm. Like I'm that's a side pot that you should take right now because they're who knows? Like that division is so weird. Somehow the Steelers just beat the Ravens. Like everybody destroys each other. So there's a real shot that they can just come out and win it. They have Joe Barrow, who's probably the best quarterback in the division. I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson. But still, as far as the Seahawks go, I see no reason why the Bengals don't just watch tape from the Rams game. In Cincinnati, this Bengals defense always plays better. And it's somewhat of a fraud, Gino. I mean, you get pressured on him and he turns into a coward. I don't really, personally, I don't really even see that he's better than Josh Dobbs. Um, the game against the Giants was close until the third quarter. And then the Giants had two turnovers. They lost the game themselves. The only thing that the Seahawks were able to do is generate pressure. And it, with a horrible offensive line, that was enough. Yeah. Um, but I think Joe Seisty is back. I'm taking Bengals minus three. And I, I just want to ride the hot hand. And also, how great would it be if we look at the standings and the Rams and the Seahawks have the exact same record? And by the way, we have the tiebreaker over that. Yep, yep. That's exactly what we're going for. So huge Bengals fans this weekend. I think that they cover the spread, and I think they win more than more than three. Uh, yeah. I, I like Joe Burrow. looks like his escape ability is getting better. His calf's getting healthier. Jamar Chase had his first, second, and third touchdowns of the season against uh, – against our boys, the Cardinals, this past weekend. So, yeah, I'm going Bengals 100%. Plus, I want to see that division evened out. Yeah, agree. Both divisions, ours and theirs. And then we're moving on to Lions at Tampa. Best quarterback mm. against the spread. I don't even have to guess which direction this one's going in. But The best quarterback against the spread, it's our boy, Jared Goff. Man, you got to love what you're seeing from the Lions. They feel and look legit. They have the star power on offense and defense, and they're able to bully the bad teams and beat the good ones. Creamsicle Baker is going to try to scare them, but they're going to walk into Tampa and destroy this team. Plucky Ducky Baker is a fun-loving story. It's time for the Lions to continue their reign of power and score often and early. Isn't plucky the perfect word for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, plucky duck. Yeah, he's just a plucky duck. We've seen the Lions against good defenses. They play to their strengths, middle of the field. They establish the run. They have a great running back in Montgomery, and they don't need to do anything fancy. Just quick throws and trust the guys on the field. Hutchinson apparently is Waligi. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you read about this? The, the catch? The one-handed catch? Yeah, I mean, they're saying he rushes the passer like Waligi. What, just frantically, hands all over the place? I guess, like, his hands extend large. I mean, I don't really see it. I, I feel like he's more of a Wario, if anything, and then Goff is Waligi. Um, sure. Just because of, like, the size and the length and the way he runs, he does run like Waligi. Um, I don't know why there's no Mario football. It's been my most requested game since I can remember, like, five years old. Just imagine King K. Rule rushing the passer, Mario being a bell cow back. Luigi, the Cooper Cup role. I mean, I, I guess I can only dream. Uh, Lions minus three and a half. We do not care about the hook. I think they win this game by like 14. So I'm taking minus three and a half. I'm also going to take the over 43 and a half in this one. Lions scored 42 by themselves last week. So I feel like over 43 and a half, it's not going to be that tough. Um, and then Dean, I need your lock of the week, brother. <laughs> Uh, Cooper Cup didn't score in the last game, so I'm going to go Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. Get his first touchdown of the year. 
Um, he always he seems to always score against the Cardinals. I think he's got a touchdown in every other game. He's averaging like 65 yards against the Cardinals. I think it's a lock. Yeah, I like we'll that. See. I think I'm like one for the season, though, so take for it what you will. Yeah, yeah, one for one for three right now, but still, it's okay. Or one for four, but it's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll take what I can get. Before you guys go anywhere else, make sure that you are always liking and subscribing. Yeah. Ram it. We got a longer episode for you guys. We got a fun weekend coming up with the Cardinals and then the Steelers the weekend after, both games at home. Let's dominate SoFi, pack the stadium, and come home victorious. Two straight yeah. wins. I can feel it. Commanders plus three, Bengals minus three, Lions minus three and a half, over 43 and a half, and Lions bucks. Quick pick, real fast. I'm taking Broncos plus 10 against the Chiefs. There is no reason this game should only be 10. The game is in Kansas City. What are we doing? Sometimes you have to go against the grain and take the bad-looking bet, especially on prom, uh, on prime time. I don't know how, but I think the Broncos are going to cover. And you got to do it now because it's Thursday, so you got to get that crap out quick. Broncos plus 11 is your bet? Plus 10. They're at plus oh, it's 10. 10. I thought I saw it at 11. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. It's going to be an awesome weekend of football. we got a great game tonight. Hopefully this one's a little bit closer. It's not the Bears and the Commanders. At least it's the Broncos and the Chiefs. You get to watch some good football tonight. Thank you guys for being a part of this podcast. We need the support. Make sure that you guys are coming together and listening to this episode because we need you guys to continue supporting this podcast so that we can keep rolling. Yeah, Um, and go to to the Bruce Hall and take some pics and show us. Be like, hey, I'm at the Bruce Hall. I got my free rally for us. Yeah, please. Please. I would love that. And we'll repost them on our accounts. Um, We'll make sure to show off the fact that you guys went into the Bruce Hall, got the Rams Brothers fries, the rally fries, and are enjoying some football with your friends. We would, that would make our whole friggin' week. So uh, let us know and appreciate you guys listening always. Go Rams. Dina Nick in the morning. Cheers. (laughs) It's too early in the morning.